Do you have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. For this half hour, we want to talk about sex. And I want to make this point today. You have to battle for sexual purity today in our culture. It's a battle. I went to a pastor's conference out in Sacramento, California. I'm staying at La Quinta Inn. You turn the TV set on, and you get this promo for pornography. Night sensations. Just use your credit card. Well, then I turned the channel, but every time you turned on the TV, it would get around to this promo trying to get you to pay for pornography. I called the national headquarters of La Quinta in. I said, first of all, I want to I ask you to drop the pornography altogether, but at the very least, could you make it so when I turn on the TV set, I'm not getting the commercial all the time? <laughs> Listen, we live in a day and age where you have to battle for moral purity. And you know, let me say something you're not going to hear on Desperate Housewives, Entertainment Tonight, or on Extra Extra. Sex outside of marriage is a sin, and it's not a small sin. 1 Corinthians 6 says fornicators won't go to heaven. And let me say something you're not going to hear on Oprah. Homosexual behavior is a sin. And so some months ago, Sean Penn is receiving his Oscar, and he says, shame on you people in California who voted against gay marriage. Shame on you. And you know, we live in a culture today that calls evil good and good evil. And today on this half hour, let's talk about the fight for moral purity, how things have changed in our culture. When I was a little boy, they kept one playboy underneath the counter at the drugstore. Today, you turn on cable TV, you turn on the internet, and you've got hardcore pornography at your fingertips. How things in America have changed. And who's, pr who's producing all this pornography that's going all over the world? California. Well, you know, hopefully you're watching this show and you're saying, Pastor, I agree. Sex before marriage is a sin, masturbation is a sin, pornography is a, is a sin. I agree with all that. How do I stop? I'm glad you asked that question. That's the whole sermon for this half hour. So let me take you through helps in fighting for moral purity. Let's pray first. Father, we live in a sex-drenched culture and how America has changed. And we want to pray for everyone watching this program this, this day, Lord, that whatever sexual sin they may be caught up in, that by your Holy Spirit you will set them free. And Lord, speak to us now about how to get victory over our flesh. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Some helps for fighting for moral purity. Number one, cut off what you have to. 
Jesus said, Mark chapter 9, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell, where the fire never goes out. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter heaven with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Now, I don't think we're to take that verse super literally. There was an early church father by the name of Origen. When he read that verse, he castrated himself. <laughs> Ouch! In the days before anesthesia yet. Ouch! I don't think we're to take uh, that verse too literally, or few men would have hands or eyes. But so what does Jesus mean by cut it out? I think he means this. Cut out whatever causes you to fall. For instance, I don't have cable TV in my house. Regular TV is bad enough. Cable TV is from hell. I don't have the internet in my house. Now why is that? Because I'm so holy? No, it's because I'm so sinful. And when I was eight years old, I found dad's pornography in the garage. Nobody had to tell me as a kid that it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but periodically I would keep looking at it. So I've got a weak spot in that area. So I don't have cable TV. I don't have the internet in my house because I'd be in trouble if I did. You cut out whatever caused you to fall. So there may be a certain person you can't hang out with anymore. There may be a certain person you can never date again. Jesus says, whatever caused you to fall, cut it out. Second help in fighting for moral purity. Hide when you have to. Proverbs 27 says, a wise man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. In other words, there's an old saying, better to shun the bait than struggle on the hook. Paul writes to young Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, Now, Timothy, flee youthful lusts. In other words, you don't play with it, you don't look at it, you don't try to be strong, you get out of there, you run. And here's a, a young man, well, but pastor, every time I'm alone with my girlfriend in her mother's house on the couch in the living room, we end up doing things we shouldn't. Well, all right, what are you doing alone in her mother's house on the couch yet? Get out of there. I mean, that's kind of like jumping off the high board at the swimming pool and halfway down praying, now, Lord, don't let me get wet. <laughs> no, we got to run from things that cause, that cause us trouble. Now, you might say, oh, but I'm a Christian, and I have the Holy Spirit. I can handle these things. And Paul the Apostle says, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Listen, even after we're converted, we are still so weak. That's why Paul the Christian writes to Timothy the Christian, flee. Third help in overcoming temptation. Fasting. Jesus said in Matthew 6, but when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your f Father who is in heaven, by Father who is in secret. Can I put a plug in here? Every Saturday at 11 o'clock for two hours on 980 AM here in the Twin Cities, we have a two-hour live call-in show. I was interviewing for our radio show a man who lived the homosexual lifestyle for most of his life. Twelve years ago, he got serious about Christianity. For 12 years, no pornography, no masturbation, no sexual contact of any kind for 12 years. And I said to him, good job. Do you ever get tempted? Oh, he said, oh, I still get tempted. But I have learned that fasting works. And he said, there are, there are days I know I would have fallen into sin had I not fasted that day. 
You know, so maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to take one day a week for a while and you drink water, but for 24 hours you don't eat food. You fast. Another help in fighting for purity, accountability. James chapter 5 says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. I have a prayer partner. We call each other periodically. How did you do this week? How did you do in this area? How did you do in that? You can use what's called the Chuck Swindoll accountability questions. You meet once a week with somebody and you ask each other these questions. Number one, have you been with a woman anywhere this past week that might be seen as compromising? Number two, have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Number three, have you exposed yourself to sexually explicit material? Number four, have you spent adequate time in Bible study and prayer? Number five, have you given priority time to your family? Number six, have you fulfilled your calling this week? Number seven, have you just lied to me? You meet with someone once a week and ask each other those questions, that'll put a dent into your sin life. You know, um, here was a man of our church. For 20 years, he's been sober. But he still goes to a meeting every Friday night because he knows if he doesn't, he'll get weak. Accountability. I mean, um, I want to put a number on the screen here of the purity platoons. There are groups of men, Christian men in the Twin Cities, who struggle with sexual sin. They are meeting in small groups, praying for each other, holding each other accountable. Men especially, they have them for women too now, I think. But if you have a struggle with a sexual sin and you're not beating it on your own, you're, you're, you've tried alone but it's not working, call that number, 763-535-2373. Join a purity platoon. It's free. Next step in fighting for purity. If you fall, bounce back. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now and then somebody will ask me, you know, Pastor, will God keep forgiving my sin if I keep doing it over and over? And my response is, I sure hope so. Because in a sense, that's all of us. Remember when Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive this guy? Seven times a day? Jesus says, no, 70 times seven a day. So if we know I, we have to do that for each other, God is doing more than that for us. So when you fall, bounce back. You know, I remember years ago during seminary, I had a bad week, a sinful week. And I remember getting on my knees next to my bed and praying. And then I got up and I went to sleep. And I had a dream that night. And in the dream, I was watching a man in a long robe with a turban on his head. And he was flat on his face praying to God. And in the dream, I watched. And he didn't get off his knees. And I watched. And he never got up off his knees. And I heard a voice from heaven say, his God is an unforgiving God. And I woke up. And I understood the reason I could get off my knees that night and get into bed is because I know in heaven, in Jesus, we've got a forgiving God. Here's the, here's the trap I used to be into. If I would sin, I'd say, God, please forgive me in Jesus' name, amen. If I still felt the guilt, I'd do it again. God, please forgive me in Jesus' name, amen. And, 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 but then somebody pointed out, no, you, you only ask for forgiveness once. You trust First John 1 John 1.9, that he forgives your sins, and then you move on. Immediately you confess it, you put it under the blood of Christ, and you forgive yourself as God has forgiven you, and you move on. When you sin, you bounce back. 
Next help in battling for purity, Holy Communion. I think the holiest year of my life was when I was a vicar at Valparaiso University in Indiana. We took Holy Communion twice every week. I don't think I've ever been so holy. There's something about Holy Communion that makes you holy. Take communion regularly. Next help in overcoming sin, Christian fellowship. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, let us not give up meeting together as is the habit of some, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, if you don't have a good church you go to every week, you need a church. Christian fellowship is what will give you victory over sin. I will tell you that some years ago, I was struggling with a certain temptation. And so I fasted for 24 hours. You drink water, but you don't eat food for 24 hours. This was rather uncanny. Right at the end of the 24 hours, I'm talking with a woman of our church who had a certain struggle, and she got victory over that struggle. And I said to her, how did you get that victory? And without her even knowing it, God gave the answer for my fast through her. And she said, it was through close-knit Christian fellowship. I was part of a church. I had a, 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 a group of Christian women that were, and, and it was the Christian fellowship that gave me victory over my problem. L listen, when Paul says in 2 Timothy, Timothy, flee youthful lusts, he doesn't stop there. The next part of the verse, and pursue after righteousness along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. In other words, you don't try to win your battles by yourself. If you try to win your battles by yourself, you won't win. The reason God has given us the church, fellow Christians, is so we will battle these things together and win together. Now let me share just one more dream that I had. Years ago, I had a dream that I was being chased by this little animal, ugly thing, but it barked real loud. And even though it's a little animal, I'm scared to death and I'm running from it. It chases me up in a tree. And it's at the bottom of the tree going, ar, 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 ar. And, and I'm in the top of the tree shivering. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I will never get down because that thing won't leave. And then a Christian comes along, points his finger at the animal, in the name of Jesus, go. And it runs off, ar, 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 ar. I came down from the tree and I said to the Christian, but what if it comes back? And he said, just start praising the Lord. It can't stand that. <laughs> and I woke up and I learned two things from that dream. Sometimes Tom Brock gets so up in his tree, he needs another Christian to get him down. I need Christian fellowship. And the second thing I learned was the power of worship. And that leads to the next step in victory over sin, worship. It is said that when Martin Luther would get tempted, he would sing a hymn at the devil. And I will tell you, this happened to me recently. I started getting flooded by the most wicked thoughts recently, and I forced myself out loud to sing a hymn. It worked. <laughs> I have a friend who battled with all kinds of demons earlier in his life. And I asked him, what finally set you free? And he said, I would lay on my bed for hours and listen to Christian worship tapes. And that's where the healing came from. So I encourage you, worship. When you get tempted, sing a hymn. Go to church and worship every Sunday. But all through the week, worshiping is a good way to protect yourself. Next help in overcoming scripture, in, in overcoming sin, scripture. Let me share a memory here. 
I'm 14 years old. You can't talk on the phone after, age, after 10 o'clock at night. My brother's 12 and I'm 14. I'm walking down the hall upstairs to go to bed. And my brother, it's after 10, is on the, on the phone. So I kind of lean my ear into his door. And my brother's trying to get his girlfriend to go to bed with him. Well, when he hung up, I pushed the door open. I said, Mark, I just heard everything you said. And he got up and he said, get out of my room. And he slammed the door. I went right over to mom and dad's bedroom, woke him up. Mom and dad, Mark's trying to get Mary Lee to go to bed with him. Well, what, what I remember happening was dad got up, went to my brother's bedroom, and yelled at him. But the next day, Mark and I are sitting in the den. Mom comes in, hands my brother a Bible. She'd open it to a certain passage. I'm thinking it was 1 Corinthians 6. She made him sit there and read that passage over and over again for half an hour. And you know, I remember sitting in that room, you could just feel that was doing something to my brother. <laughs> One huge way to overcome sin is to read your Bible daily. Let it comfort you. Let it convict you. We need both the comfort and the conviction of Scripture so we'll be balanced. And listen to what Martin Luther wrote. All young people should avoid casual sex and preserve their purity. They should resolve to strengthen themselves against lust and sexual passion by reading and meditating on a psalm or some other portion of God's word. When the flames of passion plague you and sexual arousal reaches unmanageable proportions, go to a psalm or any other chapter or two in the Bible and read. After the flames of passion die down, devote yourself to serious prayer. If your sexual appetites continually tempt you, be patient, resist them as long as necessary, even if it takes you more than a year, but above all, keep praying. If you feel you can't stand it any longer, pray that God will give you a devout spouse with whom you can live in harmony and love. In other words, if, if the sexual temptation gets overwhelming, you're probably supposed to get married. Next help in overcoming sin, therapy. Individual therapy, group therapy, nothing is wrong with a Christian getting psychological help, but just make sure it's Christian help. I mean, I had a pastor who told me that a woman of his church went to some secular counselor about her marriage problems, and the counselor said, probably the best thing to spice up your marriage is for you to have an affair. <laughs> no, listen, nothing's wrong with getting Christian counseling and help. Just make sure it's Christian counseling. Last help in overcoming temptation. Fight to remember your new identity. Now, this is where the real battle for moral purity lies. Let me read this, 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The battle for purity is to remember, I'm not under the old boss anymore. I've got a new identity. I've got a new boss. Now, let me, let me close with this. I had a, a boss in Florida when I was a, a young associate pastor. He was my senior pastor. He and I did not get along. And there was sin on my side of the fence, and there was sin on his side of the fence. He was an alcoholic. He lied a lot. Turns out he swindled the church out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. After a year, a year and a half, I came up here to Minneapolis going like this. And I got a new church. And I got a new senior pastor to work under. He was a wonderful, godly man. But before we started, I said to him, now, Roger, I've been burnt by my authority, and I might act kind of weird toward you for a while. And I remember he just kind of looked at me. But, boy, the more I got to know him, it was a wonderful relationship. 
Now, when I would think about my old boss in Florida, I'd still go like this, but then I'd have to remember, no, no, you're not under his authority anymore. You've got a new boss. And that's where the battle for moral purity lies. Listen, the battle for moral purity is not down there. <laughs> it's right here. And it's battling to remember, look, I'm not who the devil says I am anymore. I don't have to do what he says anymore because I'm a new creature in Christ. I have a new boss. That's where the battle lies. And when you get tempted, you've got to stand your ground. Look, I'm not who I used to be. I am a new creature in Christ with a brand new boss. You know, I, I, I've got tinnitus. I can hear it right now. As some of you have tinnitus. It's this loud ringing in your ears. And so I went to the doctor, and I said, Doc, what do I do about this? And he said, there is nothing you can do. But if you can learn to totally ignore the ringing in your ears, you can have a pretty good life. <laughs> Listen, that's my point here. The devil is whispering lies into each of our ears. If you can learn to totally ignore him, you'll have a pretty good life. He's going to be whispering that crud till you die. If you can learn to ignore his lies and claim your new identity in Christ, you'll have a good life. All right, let, let, let's summarize this. How do I fight for moral purity and win? Number one, cut off what you have to. Number two, hide when you have to. Number three, fast. Number four, get an accountability partner. Number five, if you fall, bounce back, claim forgiveness. Number six, take Holy Communion regularly. Number seven, Christian fellowship, get into a Bible study, get into a church. Number eight, worship. Number nine, read the scripture. Number 10, therapy. And number 11, fight to remember your new identity. And one very last point. When I ask people my age or older, how many of you had a parent that talked to you about sex? I'm going to guess nine out of ten of my friends never had a mom or a dad say boo. And God bless my mom. When I was 11, she said, Tommy, sex is a beautiful thing, but wait till you're married. And when I was 14 years old, I still remember we were waiting for my brother to come out of the gym. Tommy, sex before marriage is a sin, but in marriage, sex is a beautiful thing. Well, listen, here's my final point. If you have never had a talk with your children about sex, do it. Because believe me, MTV is having a talk with your kids about sex. Listen, if you as a Christian parent don't tell them sex is for marriage only, they're not going to hear that anywhere in our culture anymore. And you tell your kids, force yourself to swallow your nerves, Go to Junior and say, look, we need to have a talk. It's a beautiful thing, but wait till your marriage. And you can tell them what I tell my confirmation students. No ring. No ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, you talked about purity in your sermon and it basically was for adults dealing with their own lives but having worked that I work in a law enforcement background and you did say at the end parents have a talk with your parent your child parents have got to know what their kids are looking at oh. on their computers okay. and these kids that have their my face page or all these things that they can get mm. to on the mm -hmm. internet there are so many sexual predators out there just mm. responding to these pages and causing a lot of hurt to families. Yeah. And so if you're a parent, it's so important that Amen. you are monitoring what your child and is you know, watching. Jackie, in 1969, I was 16 years old, and I had a TV set in my bedroom. 
And back in 1969, you could. Mm -hmm. Well, here's what I don't get. Parents who have cable TV, even regular TV, and they let their kid have their own TV set in their bedroom, and what's even worse, they don't have filters on their internet, and they let their kids in their bedroom have the computer for the internet, when your kid like that can find hardcore pornography, you know, if you're one of those parents, no offense, but get a clue. Do not put filters on your, uh, on your internet and get the kid's TV and their computer out of the bedroom in a public place where dad can stumble and, and across what's going on. And make sure your kids, if they are into these Facebook pages and things like that, that you're monitoring who's responding yeah. because there's some horror stories dying. out there yeah. of people being abducted, everything, and yeah. it's all coming from internet use yeah. that's it's not monitored. And Jackie, if I could say this, <laughs> Comcast is the internet provider uh, and the cable TV provider for my part of the Twin Cities. Comcast is one of the biggest pornographers in the world. So, huh. okay, let's go to a biblical question before our time is up. When the Bible says, every knee shall bow to Christ in Philippians 2.10, mm -hmm. okay, and then John 12, 20, 12, verse 32, when Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Is this teaching that everyone will be saved? No, it isn't. When it says, every knee shall bow at the end to Christ, I think that means whether they want to or not. I think Satan will bow the knee to Christ at the end of time whether he wants to or not. And some people use those two verses that Jesus says, when I'm lifted up from the earth on the cross, I will draw all men to myself. Some people try to make those verses teach that everybody goes to heaven. It's not what it says. You know, Jesus draws people to himself. A lot of them say, no thanks, and they leave. And there's a, there's a very common heresy now in a lot of seminaries called universalism, meaning that everybody, the devil included, goes to heaven someday. And that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, he who believes will be saved, he who believeth not will be damned. So that's, the heresy of universalism is not in the Bible. So does it mean all who believe will be saved yes. rather than? Now sometimes, sometimes the word all does not mean all. Sometimes it means a large number in scripture. Let me give you an example. It says in Romans 11, at the end, thus all Israel will be saved. That can't mean that every Jew who's ever lived will be saved because Jesus himself talks about some Jews being cast out into the outer darkness where they will weep and gnash their teeth. Sometimes all means a very large number or especially at the end of time, I think a lot of Jews will come to Christ before the second coming. But it doesn't mean each and every single human. Okay. A lot of Jews do have to come in order to fulfill the prophecy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, well, we want to thank you for being with us this week. Um, if you're looking for a biblically-based church, we'd invite you to visit Hope Lutheran Church. At the end of the program, we're going to have all of our contact information. Come for a Sunday morning service. We have services at 8, 9, 30, and 11. Let us know that you're there because you watch us on TV, but see what we can do for you and your family. And we just pray that God will be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Pastor Study. We ask, would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry? Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55430
Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.